0: Good morning, Victory. How y'all doing today? Come on, you can do better than that. How y'all doing today? Those in the room, those who are worshiping with us online, we say welcome back. Say happy new year. Look at somebody next to you and say "Happy happy new year. Come on, turn to the other side and say I hadn't seen you since last year. All right, all right. Listen, we're so glad to be in the house today. Uh, And as Pastor Taz said, I want you to go ahead and open up your YouVersion Bible app because uh, there are some things today that I'm going to share that are not just for today. Uh, The things that I'll be sharing today are, are things that I want us to make sure that we are able to take, rehearse, and really just make sure that we are meditating on as we go throughout this week and as we go throughout this year. And so as we get started today, I understand it's the first Sunday of the year And one of the things that happened, um, even as Pastor Taz said, sometimes people come into the year and they're like, uh, I don't really know what's going to happen, or they're excited about it. But what I realized is that even as Pastor Chris from our Hamilton Mill uh, location and I were praying last night, uh, we prayed over today and we we declared that God is going to move in a mighty way. And one of the things that we said that we both sensed is that while generally we go into the new year and people are excited and all these things are happening... This year may be a little bit different for a lot of people. What we said is that there's kind of this looming uh, presence of indifference where people are kind of like, yeah, I want to be excited. I want to go into this new year. I want to step in here with purpose. But what is it going to look like? And so as we enter in today and even as we have gone through worship, what we're saying is that we want to be totally yielded to the Holy Spirit. We're saying, Lord, you have permission to do what you want to do. Move how you want to move. Lord, have your way. And so as we start this year, this is what I want us to do. I want us to understand that as we go into this year, yes, many of us, we're like, I'm so ready, and I'm so glad that 2021 is over. Say, put it away. While other people are like, man, I had a good year. In the midst of a lot of different things, I had a good year. And if we look at it and take inventory, there were some hard things that happened last year. See, for a lot of us, and we, we're experiencing it all around us, there was this global pandemic that we thought was, like, going to last for, like, two weeks. But, like, two years later, we're still walking in it, navigating through it, trying to see how we're going to function. For some people this year, you even lost some loved ones. You experienced some things that were very hard. You, you lost a job, and you got fired, or you got downsized, and there are some real things that affected us. But for some others of us, It was a good year where you were glad you got fired. You were glad that they downsized because it allows you to step into your entrepreneurial efforts and say, I'm going to do and be all that God called me to do. And I was just holding up, and now I have the opportunity to step into it. Some of us got married this year. Some of us had children this year. Some of us, even if we think about what happened right here at Victory Midtown, we found our permanent home this year. Somebody can give God praise for that. And no matter where you find yourself, what I'm doing, I'm not just stepping up in here to be a hype man today. That's not what's going to happen. I'm here so that we can actually set our eyes in a way that we will have a focus, that we will have intention, that we will have a sober understanding of what God is saying and what he wants us to do and how he wants to p- position us this year. Amen? And so as we go through this message today, I really want you to hear with new ears, even as I ask you to open up that Version Bible app. As I read scriptures today, there will even be scriptures that you have heard before, but I don't want you to read them like you heard them before. I want you to open your eyes and hear them with fresh ears today, because I believe that the revelation of God through his scripture, through his word, is transformative. And so as we look at this year, this is what I want to say. Every calendar year, you know, we get an opportunity to kind of press restart, restart or reset. Every calendar year, we get an opportunity to look and see what is coming to us. And there's two words that I just want to kind of jumpstart us with that we want to make sure we actually do. And number one, the first word is reflection. Say reflection. And the second word is projection. Say projection. Projection. And so, as we look at this, there's this meme that uh, my wife even posted the other day that I think is very relevant that gives us an understanding of first fruits. Because as we talk about first fruit, it's really the principle of what you do first and what you think about first. And so, I want to give you a little bit of a nudge of our our mentality and what it needs to look like as we look at first fruit this week. They're going to put it on the screen. Our first rule of 2022 is this do not dwell on what went wrong in 2021. Come on, somebody say that. Do not dwell on what happened in 2021. See, I realized that everything didn't go right. I realized that there were some challenges. But what we say, even at the end of that meeting, is that God still has a plan. Does anybody believe that? God still has a plan. And so today, I really believe that we ought to make sure that when we're stepping into new seasons, that we do it on purpose. That we don't just roll into it. That we don't just kind of go into it and say, "Up, come what may, it's just going to be what what it's going to be. It's going to be another year, another day. If we can operate on purpose, what we can do is that we can take the time to interrogate ourselves as we enter into this new year. And so this is the way that I want us to interrogate ourselves. I want to give you and actually share from my life today. I want to share how I step into a new year. And what I do every year is I start to ask myself some questions. I start to make sure I take those reflective and projecting questions so that I can set myself up in the right posture. And so I want to share that with you today. If you're following by version, it's right there in your notes. Here it is. The first set of questions that I ask for reflection are these. Number one, what did I learn in 2021? What did I learn? You have to make sure that you don't just run past it and miss the lessons that actually happened that can actually benefit you now. Number two, what did I do well? See, we spend so much time beating ourselves up about what we didn't do right. We also need to take time and say, there were some good things that I did. There were some new habits that I actually operated in. There are some new wins that I operated in in last year. And then number three, what held me back? What held me back? And as we look at those things, we are able to kind of take a, a, a review of what happened. And we're not dwelling there, but we are taking a sober inventory of it. And then we go into the projection questions. Number one, the first projection question is this, what do I need to change? If I'm going to be different, if this year is going to be better, what do I need to change? Number two, here's a very important question. Here it is. Listen, what is God's vision for this year? What is God's vision for this year? Because it's not enough for you just to get a whole vision for yourself and God is not in it. It's not enough for us to go down this long rabbit hole and try to chase these things if God is not in it. And then number three, here it is. Am I willing to pay the price to obtain this vision that God has for me? Am I willing to pay the price? Am I willing to be disciplined? Or am I going to be like those people who have a a New Year's resolution and by day five I'm done? I said I was going to lose this weight and by, by the 7th of January the gym is closed again. We have to make sure that we take this opportunity to really project ourselves in it. So these are extremely important questions, especially the one of what is God's vision for my life this year. The reason why I'm kind of harping on that is because of this. Resolutions come and go. And as we think about it, it's not enough for us to have a New Year's resolution. We need a revelation from God. Come on, it's not enough just to write some things down in a notebook that you might forget about. You need to get a revelation from God. And there's a stark difference between the two. Let me show you. Number one, if we look at what a resolution is, it's this. It's the act of determining, watch this, within yourself, the accomplishing of an action or behavior. Within yourself. It's the old adage, if it must be, it's up to me. It's not just what God said, it's about what I decided I want to do. Whereas a revelation is God's disclosure of himself and His will for His creation. Let me slow that down. I, I need to say that. I need us to get it, because this is really the crux of the message today. The revelation that we have to have, the understanding is that we have to get God's mind on the matter, God's disclosure on the matter. We're getting what we said even a couple of weeks ago, God's perspective on the matter. And so it's critical that we get a revelation, even as the Bible tells us in this somewhat familiar uh, passage of Scripture in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Go with me there. It says this, where there is no vision, no revelation of God and his word, the people are unrestrained. Meaning that if you don't have a vision that will guide you, that will give you guardrails, you'll just be all over the place. Someone brings you a new idea, you want to go with that. Somebody says, come over here, you go over there. But when you know your vision, it makes it easy to say yes, and it makes it easy to say no to the things that are not in that vision. It goes on to say, but happy and blessed is he, is she, who keeps the law of God. Now, I told you, I'm not here to hype you today. I'm here to give you a sober pointing in a direction. And I want to be very real because some people will try to fool you and say, hey, you stepped into the new year. Everything's new. All things are new. Nothing magically happens when the clock goes 12.01 on January 1st. Some of y'all are like, I know, I'm living it right now. (laughs) Nothing just changes automatically, but your perspective can change. How you see things can change. Two people can be looking at the exact same thing and see it two different ways. You can be sitting right next to somebody in this service, hearing a whole message, and both of y'all walk out and say, what did they talk about? And you hear that person tell you, like, you weren't even in the same room I was in. Because perspective is everything. And so when we look at Revelation, what we're saying is that we really want what this is, a simplified version of Revelation, because you've heard me say it before. I don't believe in just talking church and ease. I want you to understand what we're talking about so that you can use this on Wednesday at 3.34 p.m. When we talk about getting the revelation of God, what I'm really saying is that we need to get God's perspective. We need to get God's perspective. How does he see it? And so one of the things that we're going to do, even as we actually start today, like Pastor Tad said, we have started a seven day fast and praying journey because we want to make sure that we clarify, that we get clear about what his perspective is. And so if you're able, you can follow on social media, you can actually text in to get it. But if you're able, I want to challenge you if you've never done this before. To be here with us as many nights as you can at 7 p.m. from Monday through Friday, because what we're going to be doing is that we're going to be intentionally praying into what God is saying for us right now so we can get his perspective and so we can get his mind on the matter. And so here's, here's the thing that I want to share with you. I said this in my message, the last message of the year. And I said, the Lord kind of gave me this prayer that was a simple prayer, but it's a powerful prayer. And I want us to pray it it today, but I'm going to say it first. And the prayer is simply this, Lord, help me to see you from the proper perspective. Can you repeat that after me? Say, Lord, help me to see you from the proper perspective. Come on, say it one more time. Say, Lord, help me to see you from the proper perspective. Why is it so important for us to see God, to hear God from the proper perspective? Because there's still going to be other stuff that comes up this year. There's more than likely going to be another variant with another letter in the front of his name. There's more than likely going to be other challenges that come your way. There's more than likely going to be something that challenges your marriage, that actually comes against your relationships, that challenges you in business. But the thing is, when you know God's perspective, you're able to say, though they slay me, yet will I trust him. When you're able to see God's perspective, you're able to say, even though this looks hard, I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. That's all right to give God praise on that because I believe that some of us in the room right now, while we're going to be surrounded by trouble, we're going to be able to be the ones that say, I don't know what you see, but I see God. I don't know what you see. I don't know how you're going to respond, but my response is in trust to him. Somebody say amen. And so as we look at this, here it is. The Lord nudged me the other day. Holy Spirit nudged me the other day. And he gave me what I feel is a word for this year and a word for how my family is going to be led and how we're going to see things. And what he said to me very clearly, what I felt is that the Lord said, Andrew, the Lord did not call me Mo. When he's trying to get my attention, he calls me by my government name. He said, Andrew, how you see me is how you'll see me. Let me just let that sit there for a minute. How you see me is how you'll see me. What I mean by that is how you actually look through my perspective is how you'll actually see my response in your life. Because I have a choice to respond in a certain way. But how I see God high and lifted up will dictate how I respond and how I'm able to actually walk with him in my life. So how you see God this year will be the result of how you see him. Because the reality is that God, he's not changed his mind. He has plans to prosper you, to give you a good hope in the future. But if you only see the gloom and doom, you actually operate in the gloom and doom. Because here's the thing, the reality of the world through CNBC, through MSNBC, through CNN, through Fox News, whatever your news of choice is, is projecting not the hope of God, but the circumstances of the world. And if we're not careful, what we will do is we'll find ourselves so focused and so being drawn and guided by the perspective of the news and of the world that we will miss what God is actually doing. So much so that we will miss very simple things that are revelatory. We will miss very important things that God is trying to get us to actually dig into that we'll run right past. Let me give you three words that actually actually indicate that God is actually moving. You're still here. See, I need to let that sit right there because some of y'all, again, we came in here kind of on autopilot, we're walking through, but I want to let you know, you're still here. There were some people in this year that uh, unfortunately passed away. There are some people that actually opted out of church. There are some people who fell away. But I want to let you know, because you showed up in here today, God is actually applauding you right now saying, hey, I want to remind you, you're still here here. See, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what you had to go through. I'm actually even preaching to myself right now that even though trials and challenge came, I still showed up. Even though there was hardship on every side, I still showed up. Even though I didn't know what the end would be, I still showed up. Say, somebody say, I'm still, I'm still here. Come on, say it with your chest. Say, I'm still, here. I'm still here. As we know that I'm still here, what we need to understand is that there's more than meets the eye, there's more than we, us just showing up. We have to actually step into God's vision. And so as we were preparing even for what we were going to talk about this first Sunday of the year, Pastor Dennis and I and Pastor Chris, from, again, from VHM, we, we got together on a Zoom call. And we started to pray through, what is God saying to us? How does he want to point us in this year? And we had different things that we were sharing and it all kind of culminated in two words. Pastor Dennis shared these two words and it resonated with us so strongly that we just started revelating right there. We just started talking. We started getting excited right there on the Zoom call. I started shaking the table a little bit. (laughs) And Pastor Dennis said these two words. He said, I believe that God is saying to his church to let go. Let go. Let go. Say that with me. Say let go. See, when we say let go, there are things that we can think about right there. Some of us, when I said that, you're like, okay, I'm going to let go and let God. I'm going to let go so God can have control. And and for some of us, we're like, absolutely. Jesus, I need you to take the wheel. I need you to take the house keys. I need you to take my credit card. Take everything because I need you right now. But what we're saying in that is while that's important, when we say let go, what we're really saying today, this is what I want us to focus on, those in the room and those worshiping with us online, what we're saying is that we're saying, let go of everything that's holding you back. Let go of everything that's trying to keep you in a prior reality. Let go of everything that's hindering you from stepping into the greatness that God is emancipating in and through you. Somebody say, "Let let go. So as we look at this, I want to read us a passage of scripture That really shows us what I'm talking about when I say let go. Let's go to Luke chapter 14, verse 25. I'm going to read it from the message paraphrase. It says it like this. Listen very carefully. It says, one day when large groups of people were walking along with him, Jesus turned and told them, anyone who comes to me but refuses to what? Let go of father, mother, spouse, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even one's own self can't be my disciple. Anyone who won't shoulder his own cross and follow behind me can't be my disciple. Is there anyone here, I'm asking that question even here, is there anyone here who planning to build a new house, who plans to step into their next phase, who plans to walk into 2022 with vision, does not first sit down and figure the cost so you'll know if you can complete it. See, as we're looking at this, many versions of the Bible, even when you read this, it actually talks about if you want to be my disciple, meaning if you want to live according to my ways and follow in my statutes, you must by comparison hate or let go of father, mother, wife, children, siblings, and even your own life. Now, when I say that, and even many of us, when we've read that, you're like, I'm supposed to hate my people? Some of us are like, well, you don't know my family, so I'm already good on this one right here. I'm already okay on this. I passed the test. But when we look at this, and when I started to study it, the original usage of this word hate is not really meant to say you detest or even dislike those people. What it's actually saying here is that when we look at the when we look at the scripture, these relationships they represent commitment, they represent connection, they represent association, they represent that you've been bonded to a certain people group or certain things for a long time. And so when you look at that again, what hate is actually meaning, it actually equals to love less, to love less than. So this is what I'm saying. The symbol, symbolism here and the tone here actually says that your desire to follow Jesus has to be decidedly less or decidedly more, I'm sorry, than you actually having these associations with the people you've been comfortable with. Your associations, your commitment to actually following Jesus has to be decidedly more than how you actually follow somebody else, than those people you've gotten comfortable with, than those family members, than even the people who are the love of your life. And so when we look at this and we talk about emancipating greatness, we cannot walk in the emancipating of greatness. For those those of you who are new, all last year we talked about emancipating greatness. And what we're saying is that you are made in the image of God. And that there is great things that God wants to get in and through you. And we spent the whole year getting healed, walking in the completion of things that we were been holding on to. So here it is. Here's a principle. To follow Jesus. I want you to hear this. To follow Jesus, to make sure that your commitment to him is decidedly more, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. See, here in the West, we actually like to preach a patty cake gospel a lot of times, and we're not giving up a lot of things to actually follow Jesus. But what we're saying and what he's saying right here is to follow me is going to cost you something. So here's a life principle that I want to share with you that my family lives by, that I learned years ago, that gave me sobriety in the decisions that I'm making. They're going to put it on the screen. It's this. Whenever you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Whenever you actually agree to say yes to something, you're saying no to something else because you cannot take hold of something while holding on to something else that actually doesn't give you the opportunity to step fully into it. And so as we look at this and I've actually learned this principle, it's going to cost you something. Say let go. go. It's going to cost you something that you have to let go and when I read the scriptures, when you read the scriptures, all throughout the Bible, it talks about characters and people who had to let go of a prior reality to step into their God-given vision. Abram, he had to he actually let go of his prior reality to become and walk as Abraham, the father of many nations. Saul, he had to let go even by force, by being knocked off a horse and actually seeing a vision of God. He had to let go of that reality to become Paul. Jesus even, he had to let go of a prior reality of being right here around us on earth so that he could be with us in eternity. Jesus saw it worth that he would actually say, "Okay, yes, a few people I can heal here and there. But if I leave, not a comforter can be with you always. And so whenever we look at this, we always have to be willing to let go of something if we're going to step into the newness of what God is saying. Write this down. It's actually in your notes. So here's a question that I want you to interrogate yourself with. What's going on in my life right now that can be holding me back from what God wants to do in me going forward? What's going on in my life right now that can be holding me back from moving into what God has for me going forward? The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. It says, for a great and effective door has opened to me. And there are many adversaries. See, I highlighted on purpose has opened because a lot of times we're trying to wait for a door to be open. And God is saying, if you would just find the doors that I've opened for you, you can actually have guidance in my way. Too many of us, we're actually dismissing the doors that God has opened. And we're trying to kick down new doors that we have a good idea for. But that's not the end of it. When we see that an open door has been given for us, we also have to understand the sober reality that a lot of times there are adversaries around it. A lot of times there are things that are trying to hold us back. An adversary is defined as someone who's trying to hold you back from attaining something. An adversary actually tries to keep you from actually getting something that's going to benefit you. And so as we look at this, here it is. The adversary has tried to hold a lot of things back. Even already as we started this year, the adversary is messing with some of your mind saying this is just another year. The adversary is saying, hey, it's not worth going to church. You got up, you got dressed. Hey, you still got to wear your mask and, you know, they're not really letting you get free. We're saying, listen, I don't care about that. I am moving because I know that there's an open door established for me that I'm going to follow God in. And so as we look at this, here it is. There's just a few things that I want to share with you. Three things today that I want to share that we need to actually be able to let go so that we can leave some things in 2021, not repeat old cycles, but truly step fully into God's vision in 2022. Are y'all ready? Yeah. Come on, are y'all ready? Yeah. I know it's a little early out there. I know some of the coffee shops not open, but are y'all really ready today? Yeah. All right, somebody say, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, here it is. The first thing that we need to let go to enter into 2022 is that we have to let go of our sins. Yeah, I'm not even giving you a warm up. You're like, you're not going to talk nice to me at all. You're going to go straight at it. No, we need to let go of our sins because the reality is, if we're honest, we all have had some things that we're like, okay, I'm going to let go of that. But we keep just allowing it to stay with us. And my question to ponder right now, write this one down because it's not in your notes. What's in my life right now? What sin, what behavior have I fallen short of that is holding me back from God's best future for me? What thing, what behavior, what, what's holding me back? What habit am I choosing to hold on to? Because watch this, you have to choose to let go, just like we choose to sin. See, sometimes we say, well, it just happened to me. Some of these sins, you don't just, it just doesn't happen to you. You have to take some steps. You have to make some decisions. You have to go to the house, get in the car, drive, put the clothes on, take the clothes off, do whatever you got to do. And that's how you fall into some of those things. But as we look at this, here it is. We think back even to Joshua as he was leading the children of Israel into the promise. There were a people that actually spent 400 years in bondage. We complain about what happened last year. Think about 400 years in slavery. 400 years. And through Moses, God started to actually transition them out of that. And Joshua, as he was actually turning the corner and actually saying, hey, we need to go embrace what God is doing. Right before they were about to go into the promise, Joshua gave this word of caution. He gave this word of instruction. And I'm giving it to you as well. In chapter 3, verse 5, Joshua says this. Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. Why is that important? Because what happened is that these people, they ended up having to spend 40 years wandering in the wilderness for a destination that was really just 11 days away. And if we're honest, some of us, we have held on to sin habits. We've held on to certain things way too long that have kept us going in circles. We have held on way too long to some things that have been destructive. And God is saying, I am trying to get you to cross over, but you keep on holding on to this. You keep on letting him, her call you back into this. You keep on deciding to go back into this. And so, again, that's why this week of fasting and prayer is important because we're saying we're going to purify ourselves. We're going to sanctify. To sanctify means to free from sin and to purify. And so as we look at this, here it is. The sins that you choose to hold on to will keep you from the promise God has for you. The sins that we choose to hold on to will keep us from the promise that God has already ordained for you. See, I want to be very real because sometimes when we look at the platform, we look at people that preach and, and people that sing and stuff on the platform, we're like, oh, you know, angels just followed them around like a force field all around. Angels give them blockers on their shades or on their glasses. No, I'm going to let you know. Even as a pastor, even somewhat more sometimes, moment by moment, not even day by day. I pray, give us this day our daily bread. I pray, Lord, give me this moment. Help me out right now. Moment by moment, there are times where I have to call myself into subjection and say, Lord, I refuse to allow myself to entertain that because I don't want to step into that sin. As a pastor, I have to fight the good fight of faith and say, I'm not going to allow myself to go back in destructive habits. And so all of us, what we have to do is we have to be able to say, Lord, I really want to let that sin go because I really want to step into your promise. Let me take you to the scriptures. Hebrews chapter 12, it really lines this out, what I'm talking about very, very well. It says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. I want to pause right there and give you a quick commercial brought to you by Jesus Christ. What he's saying right here, that you're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses When I read it, it just jumped off the page. It's that God is saying, I'm on your side, that I am cheering for you. I got this revelation years ago. It's like God is up in the heaven saying, go Mo, go Mo, go Mo, go Mo. Yeah, he's cheering for me. Put your name right there. Even when you think you're alone, there's a cloud of witnesses wanting you to win. So when you feel the opposition, even as you've already felt the opposition in one day into the new year, I want you to understand there's a cloud of witnesses cheering on your behalf, already praying for you. Grandmama that went on to be with the Lord, she's praying for you. Your dad that went on to be with the Lord, he's praying for you. Your mother that actually went on to be with the Lord, she is praying for you. The cloud of witnesses that have come before you, they are praying for you saying, I want you to make it. I want you to get it. And so as we continue to read, it says... You have this cloud of witnesses, but let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. See, for a lot of us, and I want to show you this, a lot of us, there's this weight of sin that's holding us back. There, there's these things that if we're honest, as we're trying to make our way into 2022... There's this thing that we get entangled with. I'm trying to make the right turn. I'm, I'm trying to make the right move. I'm trying to step in. I'm trying to say, Lord, I want to make it, but it's heavy for me right now. I'm trying to move into this next dimension. I want to be all that you called me to be. I know we said we are emancipating greatness, but I'm getting stuck right here. Because the good that I want to do, I don't do. And the bad things that I actually know that I shouldn't do, I'm still getting wrapped up in. But what God is saying is lay off every weight and sin that entangles you so you can run forward with me. He wants you to be able to run forward with him at full speed where nothing is holding you back. And so even as we look at that today, see, I want to do something to even catch the devil off guard because for some of you, you came in a room today. You came and I'm happy that you're here, but some of you are actually here and the devil is working with you. He's waiting for us to wait to the end of service to give the altar call. He's waiting for us to wait to the end of service to say, hey, do you want to commit to Jesus? And I'm saying right now that we need to make a decision right now and say, I'm getting rid of these sins and I'm stepping into my purpose now. And so if there are some people in this room right now that you came in and you say, yeah, I know that I've been on the fence. I know that I've been operating apathetically. I know that I've been actually just being held back. I know that I need to make a decision to give God my whole life. If that's you in this room right now, I need you to lift your hand and be boldly. I see those hands. I prayed yesterday and said there will be an unusual response that people, even that have said that I've been in the way, people that have said I've been in Christ are saying today, a line in the sand is drawing and I am moving forward in purpose. Can you lift your hands to me one more time? Listen, I want to pray right now because I'm not waiting for the devil to catch up. I'm not waiting for him to distract you at the end of the message and have you leave. I'm not waiting for him to say he actually has you figured out. So repeat this prayer to me. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Today, I choose you. I choose life. I declare you my Lord and you are my Savior, and I will live fully for you. By this declaration, as I repent, I'm turning from my old ways, and I'm turning towards your way. And in Jesus' name, I am saved. Somebody say amen. Amen. Come on, give God praise for that right now. See, we just messed up the whole order with the the enemy because he felt like we were just going to go through this thing and we're going to do a little altar call. But I believe that somebody in here needed for God to jolt them into their new reality. And as God jolts you into your new reality, what we need to do is say, hey, I'm not messing with these sins. I'm pushing this back. I'm pushing my sins back. Even though they try to call me up, they try to bring, I'm pushing this sin back because I'm going to release every weight and every sin that so easily tries to beset me. And so as we get rid of these sins and and let go of our sins, the second thing that I want us to know that's just as important is that we have to let go of our past. Let go of our past. And that might sound simple again, but I'm pointing us because here it is. I'm so glad that we serve a God who would actually forgive us of our past. But he doesn't just forgive our past. Let me give you a revelation. He actually forgets your past. Because he sent his son Jesus as a sacrifice of atonement, he's saying, I don't even see what you did wrong. You want me to prove it? The Bible says it right here in Isaiah 43. It says, I, this is the Lord, I, even I am the one who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. Hear this, God can forgive your sins, but the challenge is can you forgive yourself? God can forgive you of your sins, but many of us, we've been forgiven, but what we keep doing is we go back over and over, and even though God has forgiven me of my sins, I go back and I carry my past and bring it into my new reality. You know, uh, you you, you introduce yourself, I'm a divorcee. You know, you don't know what I've been through. You know, I'm always the one getting the short end of the stick. You're bringing your past into your reality. You're living by the identification of your past. And God is saying, I need you to live by the identification of your future and of who I've called you to be. And so right now, I declare that your past will no longer haunt you. I declare that you will no longer look back and look at the portfolio of your mind and say, that's what I used to be. And that's what I am. You're saying I am forgiven. I am healed. I am delivered. The Lord is no longer holding me to that because he has forgotten what I did. And so as we look at this, here it is. Even Paul, as he talks about the importance of actually moving past our past, Paul was historically known for killing hundreds of Christians. But Paul, what he had, even in that reality, he did that, but he had a greater reality of a revelation from God that is found right here in 2 Corinthians 5. He said this in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. Old things, my past things have fallen away. They've passed away. And behold, somebody say behold. Come on, somebody say behold. Do this with your hands. Come on, do this. Behold. Those watching online, behold. You need to see it. Behold. Behold. All things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us this ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation. And so what we say to this when we read the scripture and not just read it as something we put in our pocket, what we say to this is, yes, I may have done what they said I did, but I'm absolutely not who they say I am because I'm who God said I am. And what did he say? I'm a new creation. All things new. Everything about me is new. You don't even know me in a new reality because you know me by my past experience. And so as we grab this, like Paul, we have to own up to our mistakes but not dwell in our mistakes. And my question very soberly to any of us in the room, what is in my past that I'm holding on to? Is it the rejection? Is it the mistakes that I made? Is it the divorce? Is it the abandonment? Am I living through that lens? Is it that people treated me with prejudice, so now I'm going to treat other people with prejudice? See, we live a lot of times through the lens of the experiences that affected us. Old adage says, hurt people hurt people. And that's why a lot of times, even my wife and I, when we're encountering some people, we literally have to hold each other accountable when people are just acting a fool. Because we'll look at each other and kind of just give each other that nudge that, you know, the married folks in the room know what I'm talking about. You give each other that look. (laughs) What we say to each other is like, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Because apparently there's some hurt in their lives and they're living from this past. And what I want us to know is I want us to know we have to push the past back and leave it in the past. Because when it says behold, behold says look, pay attention. And if you're only carrying this thing of the past, you will never be able to walk into the new things that God wants you to look into. In 2022, God is saying behold. Every step you take, I'm wanting you to look with fresh eyes because I'm trying to show you something new. I want us to grab this so greatly because if we don't, we'll continue to actually do this. Pick up the past, hold on to the past. And God is saying, uh uh-uh, move the past back, let it stay there. And so I want you to listen to this statement. It's actually in your notes. The promise of who you you can become has to outweigh the disappointment of who you've been. Let me say it again. If we really are going to grab what God is saying, the promise of who you can become has to outweigh the disappointment of who you've been. I am not saying ignore and try to actually throw away all the things that happened to you. Because, yes, they did happen to you. But what I'm saying is that it cannot control you. Because if you allow it to control you, you will not be able to walk into the fullness of what God has for you. We're new creations. And here's the last thing. We have to let go of our fears. Let go of our fears. We we let go of our sins. We let go of our past. And we have to let go of our fears. And this is the question that I really want us to grab as we talk about letting go of our fears. What would you attempt to do if you knew you couldn't fail? What would you attempt to do if you knew you couldn't fail? See, a lot of us are scared to walk into certain things. We don't tell everybody that, but we show people that by our action. A lot of us won't step into something because we don't think that we're good enough. We don't think we're strong enough, or our past showed us that we failed before, so you're not going to look at doing it again in your future. And so what I'm here to say is that even in this year, the enemy is trying to use the method of fear to get you paralyzed. I want to even speak right now, even some people watching online. Now, I understand some people who you, you might be sick and you can't come to church, but for some of us, we're like, I'm paralyzed, so I'm going to actually just stay right here. I'm not going to move out of my box. But the reality is, there's probably going to be another variant. You know, Omarion is dancing out here, everybody touching people. I'm a crying. But what we have to do is make a decision that I'm not going to be paralyzed by fear. We have to make a decision that even though things are still going on around me, I'm going to operate with the mind of Christ, understanding that he protects me. He gives me wisdom to operate on how to move and not just stay still. Amen? So here we go. Philippians 4:13. I told you there's some simple scriptures that I'm going to give you, but I want you to hear it again. The Bible says this. I want you to really hear the power of this scripture. It says, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." I can do not just a few things. Not just the things that I think are outside of my lane. Not just the things that, you know, someone over here thinks that they're just worthy and I'm not worthy. All things. Not selective things. All things. The things that God put in your mind, the visions that He gave you this year, the book that you were supposed to write last year, He's saying you can do all things. The business that you were supposed to start last year, you can do all things. The marriage that needs to be reconciled this year needs to be in all things through Christ. And the reason why we say that is because if we look at it, it says through Christ. So what it's saying is everything you do, filter it through the vision of Christ's ability. I'm sensing this even right now in the room. There are some broken relationships, even marriages or friendships that we've given up on because we see it in our own perspective. But God is saying, try me again. God is saying, this time, do it through Christ. The foundation that you started a relationship may have not been in Christ, but this time, do it through Christ. Somebody say, all things things. through through Christ. Because here's the thing. When we think about fear, it tries to paralyze us. And the reality about fear is that it was actually, if you didn't know this, created to aid you, not put you back. What do I mean by that? I don't have time to go through, you know, how, how fear affects the prefrontal cortex and, you know, the adrenaline happens and it goes through your body. But what I do want to say is that this fight or flight response that fear does is actually supposed to help you, not hurt you. But the challenge is what many of us do, instead of actually taking that in and actually letting it go through Christ. We actually fight what God has for us, and we take flight away from his purpose for us. We fight the very things that he's trying to do in and through us, and we take flight away from the purpose that he's established for us. And so here's my last question on that. What are you afraid of that's stopping you from entering into your next? What are you afraid of that God is actually trying to get something through you right now that you won't be able to do? Let me just give you a lighter side, a practical thing real quick. I remember I was in high school. And for those who may not understand or may not believe it, I used to be super shy. I was the guy that would stand on the wall at the dance and just watch everybody else dance. I was the guy who wouldn't actually approach somebody. But there was this one day that happened. We were out at recess. And we were out at recess. In high school, we still did recess. We still had a time to do it. And I remember seeing this girl across the yard. And I saw her, and I was like, I want to get them digits. And I remember my buddy being right there next to me. He said, go do it, Mo. And I was like, no, I don't know, man. You know, she's too fine. You know, if it was her, I might go get it, but she's too fine. Let's be real in here. So I I said, okay, I'm just going to jump. I went, I walked across, and I just said, I'm going to make up my mind that I'm going to do this. And I went over, and I said, hey, hey, put your number on my phone. She put her number in my phone, and right there, what I actually had a revelation of that I still live in today is that when we are afraid to do certain things, the worst thing that can actually happen is somebody says no. See, many of us are bound by fear when God is saying, hey, if you just step out, you'll actually be surprised that she said yes. I was surprised that she said yes. Can I be honest? I remember calling her that night, and then, you know, all type of ruckus was going on in the background. I was like, no, nah, i won't be calling you back again. That's funny. It's light. But the reality is some of us are scared of things that are scared of us. You're scared to walk into certain things and God is saying it's right there for the taking, but you have to actually step into it. And so as we look at this, here it is. The only way that we will actually be able to combat fear is if we amplify our faith. We have to amplify our faith in this season. We have to put ourselves in the right position so that we can see and hear from God. Because, again, fear is the number one tactic of the enemy that he tries to use to stop you. There is greatness on the inside of every single person in this room. There is greatness on the inside of every person watching online. But if you allow fear to paralyze you, you won't be able to walk into it. And so, this is what I wanna do. I I wanna charge you. I wanna give you what I believe the Lord is saying over us right now. And it's the same thing that Joshua said to the children of Israel as they were getting ready to step into the promise. He said this in chapter 1, verse 9 He said, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I got to go back and say that. Be not afraid. Be strong and courageous, Victory Midtown. Do not be afraid because the Lord is with you wherever you go. When you find yourself in a dark place, when you find yourself confined by fear, you need to be able to say, no, the Lord is with me. And so what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to allow fear to be this thing that holds me back from moving into my destiny. I'm not going to allow fear to be this thing that holds me back from crossing into the promise. I'm not going to be a person that has regret, that goes back and say, hey, you know who I used to be in high school? You know what I used to do or what I could have done? Well, God is saying, be what you could be because I want you to walk in the fullness of who you are. Let go. Let go of fear. Let go of your past. Let go of sin. And here's a word that I want to speak over your life right now, and I want you to lift your hands right now. I want you to lift your hands because I want you to receive it. I want you to actually put your body in subjection and saying, I receive this word. I'm going to walk in this word. And the Bible says this, as David told us in Psalm 91, David said this. He says, you will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. I'm declaring immunity over your life. I'm declaring protection over your life. I'm declaring prosperity over your life. I'm declaring that you are walking in every good and perfect thing from God. He goes on to say, if you say. The Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, meaning I'm going to stand in his presence. I'm going to live in his presence. He says, no harm will overtake you. Somebody needs to say amen to that. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Keep those hands lifted. Father, I'm praying right now that there are ministering angels that are dispatched upon your people. That because we are making the choice to let go, because we are making the choice, that sin won't hold us back. That our past won't hold us back. That fear won't hold us back. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I declare a new liberating spirit, a new perspective that everything that we know we need to do, we do it through Christ this year. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over your people. I even pray for the people who have disappointment that is so deep in their lives that it has paralyzed them from having a hope and a belief that they can see something new. Just keep those hands lifted for a moment. I feel Holy Spirit moving. Right there where you are, the Lord is starting to prompt some of you with the things that you need to try again. Right there where you are, even, even watching at home, the Lord is starting to minister to you and say, listen, try it again. Do it again. Don't look at the reality of 2021 because I am doing a new thing. Behold. 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 See the new thing that I'm doing. I'm praying even over some of you right now that, There were some good things that you did last year that that's even holding you back from moving into a greater thing this year. Father, I pray right now for even those who have had success in the last year, that that success will pale in comparison to what you want to do and how you want to move in their lives. Father, I'm praying that you will blow our minds this year, that you will open up our capacity, that you will allow us to dream dreams again and see visions again. Father, that our family will look like the image of what you said our family is to look like. Father, I'm even praying right now a grace on people who know they made the mistake. But Father, our past, our sins, and our failure won't keep us out of your promise this year. I declare that the blood of Jesus covers them, that angels be their rear guard, that you go before them and make every crooked way straight, and that we can declare that we are moving forward in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. Somebody give God praise right now. Come on, give God praise right now. Not not for me, but if you say you're going to let go of some old things and you're going to step into the new, come on, somebody say, let go. Come on, let go. I let it go. Hallelujah. This is what I want to do. I want us to close this way because as we let go of the sin, as we let go of the past, and as we let go of our fears, there is something that we need to hold on to. There is something that we need to remember. And what that is is that we need to remember who Jesus is in our lives. We need to remember the power of his sacrifice. And so those in the room, you should have communion elements. If you don't, you can lift your hands and the ushers can get one to you. If you're worshiping with us online, you might not have what we have right here, but but get you some bread. Get you a cracker. Get you something to symbolize this moment because we're going to seal this by taking communion right now. And I'm going to ask that we just stand up all over the building. There's a grace in your life to win. I'm not just saying words right now, y'all. There's a grace in your life to win. And the way that we walk in that grace is that we take hold and are always reminded that, Jesus, your sacrifice was enough. And because your sacrifice is enough, I have the victory. And so even as we pray for healing at the end of worship, we want to just affirm some things right now. And so if you would, take, take this wafer because it represents the body of Christ. And I want you to lift it up. Because as I was speaking today, some of us received the word that Amy prayed even about healing over our physical bodies. But we didn't receive the word over our spiritual mind or over our emotions that we are fully healed. And so in this moment, as we hold this up, what we're saying is that God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. Thank you for allowing his body to be broken. Break it with it. Put your hands. Break it. Thank you for allowing his body to be broken so that I can walk in wholeness. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I declare wholeness in our lives. I declare that we will no longer walk as fractured people. We will no longer enter into the next season in pieces. We will no longer walk according to your way, only with a part of our potential, but we will walk in wholeness. We thank you for our sacrifice, Jesus. And we declare our healing in Jesus' name. Take together and eat. This represents the blood of Jesus. As we even caught the enemy off guard earlier and some people who thought that they would wait to the end and maybe opt out. God is saying, I know you so well that I'm going to interrupt your plans because I sent my son. I didn't let him go through that excruciating pain so that you can just opt out. I want you to know that his sacrifice was enough. And so as we get ready to take this, what represents the blood of Jesus, what I want us to do is as we take it, I want you to get this burned in your mind that the sin that I left in 2021, when it comes back calling, when she or he or they come back calling or the situation or the opportunity comes back presenting itself, that you're saying, nope, the sacrifice of Jesus is enough. He died on the cross for me so that I can be made whole and be forgiven. And so remember that. As we do this in remembrance of him, let's take together and drink. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You'll be able to drop those on your way out. There will be some receptacles there. But this is what I want to do. As we close today, I'm going to ask our prayer leaders to come down front. Because some people, even as you heard the word and with all the things that I said, with all the scripture that is speaking life to you, you may still be finding it hard to let go of some things. And what I want to do as we get ready to leave here together, I want to put a stamp on the fact that we're not going back. We are moving ahead. Somebody say, I'm going forward. And so for the next just few minutes... I want you to take everything out of your mind, every excuse, every pressure, everything. And I want you to give heaven a sign and even give the enemy a sign that I'm not going back, but I'm moving forward. Let's lift up that for a moment and let's just worship the Lord.